this is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 100-inch. On this week's episode, we are joined by Weird Al's longtime friend and confidant, Joel Miller. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch you don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. At long last, we did it. We have reached episode 100 inch. I'm so very excited. And this week, we've pulled out all the stops. Our interview is with Joel Miller. He's Weird Al's best friend. He's Weird Al's confidant. We recorded this interview last year, and it was just, well, it was just too good to not save for a special occasion. We were not sure what to expect talking to Joel, the guy who was literally there when Al became Weird Al. He was by his side through Weird Al's entire career, and he was even by his side at Weird Al's wedding as his best man. There was just so much that Joel told us, we ended up on the phone with him for nearly three hours. Three hours! We uncovered things about Weird Al that perhaps only four people on Earth know. Joel, Al, Dave, and myself. But that, my friends, is about to change. In fact, we uncovered so many great things talking to Joel that we could not fit them all into one episode. We uncovered so many great things talking to Joel, we couldn't fit them all into two episodes. We uncovered so many great things talking to Joel that our interview with him will be our first ever three-part interview spanning over this episode and the next two. We have so much to get to with Joel's interview, and we are just so excited for you to hear it. We're going to go right into it from the top of the episode. That's right. No nonsense this week. No news, no cheeky ads, no jokes, no silly noises. We are just going to go right into it. So it is our extreme and absolute pleasure to introduce our legendary interview with none other than Joel Miller. Um, uh, it is our extreme and absolute pleasure to introduce our legendary interview with none other than Joel Miller. Um, and now, Joel Miller. Dave, what's the holdup? Come on, play it. The gosh darn, ugh. What? What's the big deal? Just push play, Dave. I am. I mean, I think I am. Have you never hit the play button before? I, uh, no. He has always done it. Here, let me do it. I think I can handle pushing a play button. Dave, you're no good co-host. 99 episodes of Dave doesn't even know what to push play. I knew I should have with the tarantulas and co-hosts when I had a chance. It is our extreme and absolute pleasure to introduce our legendary interview with none other than Joel Miller. What the heck, man? I thought you were the expert. <sighs> no. I've, been, I've never hit the play button before either, Dave. It's always been our intern Frank's job. Our intern Frank? Don't even say his name. Dave, you're just upset. You, you just need time to heal. H how can I heal? He's gone. Forever. 
He suddenly and unexpectedly just up and quit after last week's episode. How could he do that to us? I know! It was so unexpected. I, I don't get it. We treat him like royalty. Anyway, it, it'll be okay. You know how he wrote up that 2,700-page illustrated step-by-step, inch-by-inch manual outlining how to do all the podcast-related tasks that he does for us? We can always read that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not reading that. This isn't Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch book club. What a jerk he is! I hate Frank! I knew we should have made him draft up and sign and notarize a contract in triplicate that he could never leave us. We definitely should have had him sign something, saying he'd be our intern till the end of time. Honestly, I never expected us to make it past episode 2-inch. Oh, that long? Yeah, we screwed up. We should have foreseen that we would quickly skyrocket to the top of the Weird Al podcast charts. And I have to admit, I think part of that success is due to our intern Frank. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, he did book our guests. And he edited our episodes. Yeah, he handled our PR. And all the marketing and social media. He screened the 347 spatula calls. And answered all of our emails. Well, and he updated the website. He organized our Zoom game night parties. Well, and he organized and booked our upcoming two-year anniversary concert starring Trevor Strong of the Arrogant Worms on May 8th at 8 p.m. for our Patreon supporters. He made all of our travel reservations. Bought all of our concert tickets with his own money. He massaged our feet. He always monogrammed our Kleenex. He steamed our Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. And he polished our golden recording studio thrones. Oh, remember he used to fan us with palm leaves? And he picked up our dry cleaning. He filled our cars and checked the oil and tire pressure whenever we asked. And always, without exception, he always chewed our food. You know, all this is sort of giving me an epiphany. Maybe we shouldn't have taken our intern Frank for granted and shown him some more kindness and given him a little respect. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right! (laughs) What a dweeb! Alright, alright. If we want to be able to air this interview with Joel Miller, though... We're going to need to find a new intern so they can push the play button for us. It's so hard to push the play button correctly. Uh, We need one of those millennials or whatever you call them. All right. Well, there is a landline phone on Frank's desk. We could try to call someone on that. You do know how to use a phone, right? (laughs) Ha ha. Very funny, wise guy. All right. This should be easy. We'll just call the first number on the preset numbers and ask them. I mean, who wouldn't want to be our intern, right? Right. I mean, do you want to be our intern? Oh, heck no. Hey, you know, let's just get some of these calls going. Okay. Hitting speed dial. Hope we get someone good. Okay. Hello, this is John Bermuda Schwartz, drummer with Weird Al Yankovic speaking. Bermuda, it's Ethan and Dave. We need a new unpaid intern. Are you interested? Oh, um, well, it's tempting. You know, I don't have a lot of time these days. You know, I'm practicing drums every day just in case a gig or a tour or something comes up. You know, of course, I got my best-selling book, Black and White and Weird All Over, on sale now at Amazon and Walmart.com. 
at which I'm promoting like almost daily on the internet. Yeah, we heard. You know, you guys might want to consider doing a show and putting it online for the fans. I think they dig it. Uh, Bermuda? Talk to all sorts of people who've worked with Al or connected in some way. That that could be pretty cool. I mean, actually, you could call it Dave and Ethan's Attack of the Radio Hamsters from the East Coast. Oh, we've already got a name for our podcast. Kind of rolls off the tongue. What do you What do you think? You can use that. I don't want anything for it. Uh, thanks, but I, I think we're oh, okay. Wait. Well, yeah. How about my baby's in love with Dave and Ethan? Uh, Bermuda. Close, but not Dave and Ethan. But sorry, we gotta go. Well, that didn't go as expected. Let's try another one. Hello, J.W. Halford here. J.W., it's Dave and Ethan. Want to be our new intern? I'm sorry. I think you have the wrong number. Uh, you just said you were J.W. No, no, no. It's, uh, it's, it's Mike. Mike? What? Uh, I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> You're right now. And, uh... JW? You there? Look, guys, the answer is no! Oh, guess we had the wrong number. Okay, well, let's try someone else. Hello, this is vegan restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped and a quesadilla burrito burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find us at burritosquared.com and Burrito Squared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burrito. From Troy to Uranus, Burrito Burrito is out of this world. This is Alex speaking. How may I help you? I'll take one Burrito 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 for delivery, please. Ethan! Oh, sorry. Better make it two. Sure, Ethan. Should be there in 27 minutes. Ethan! Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. Did you want anything? Never mind that. There's got to be someone who wants to be our intern. Let's keep trying. Hello? This is UH Jeff. Jeff, it's Ethan and Dave. How would you like to be our new intern? Well, what happened to Frank? <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Frank okay? <laughs> Are you okay? This probably isn't the right time to talk about it, but this song's just six words long. It didn't make it to your top five. Hello? Oh, all right, quick. Dial another one. Hello? Oh, hold on a minute. Uh, hey, hello, this is Kenneth Quinn up here. Kenneth! Want to be our new intern? Yeah. That would be bodacious. Oh, fantastic! Uh... Wait a minute. Do I still get to be the janitor? Ooh, no, sorry. Oh. Oh, well. Too bad we couldn't make it work out. Bye. All right, bye. Drats! Darn, for sure I thought he would go for it. All right, let's make another call. Ooh, let's push this weird button. Hello? What? Uh, David? Henry? Can you hear me? I can hear you. What can we do for you two kiddos? Well, Frank quit, and now we're stuck without an intern. We have no idea what we're doing. Surely in the future we are more competent, right? No! Do you think you guys could come back from the future and be our interns? No way! No! Well, if that's any indication of things to come, we're doomed! We really need to find a competent intern. And not just for our immediate needs. It really sounds like David and Henry's future depends on it. All right, let's try another one. 
Hello, you're speaking to Craig Billmeyer, a.k.a. Hotlex Hulahan, Air Guitar World Champion. Craig! It's us again! Will you be our new intern? Ooh, sorry, let me check my calendar. Ooh, not looking good. I see in a few years I could fill in, but that would only be as an intern. And I don't think that's quite what you're looking for. Ooh, no, no that's not what we're looking for. Sorry. Sayonara, Craig. All right, let's try another one of these buttons. Hello, it's Vicky DeVries. Rhymes with cheese. Hey, Vicky, it's Ethan and Dave. We wanted to ask, will you be our new intern? Oh, sorry, guys. I wish I could, but I'm a little busy right now. I'm getting Weird Al his very own star. Vicky, we already got him a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Remember? Weird Al star fun, 15 years of our lives. No, no, no. I mean a star, like in the night sky. Oh, that's my space shuttle. Gotta go. Bye, Vicky. Keep an eye out for Universal James. Ah, look at that. This button has a little star on it. That's probably the button Frank uses to order interns. Hello? Uh, this is Lieutenant Dan of the Cal Poly San Luis Obispo Campus Police. Hi, uh, this is Dave and Ethan. Would you be willing to be our new intern? Wait, wait. Ethan? As in Ethan Ullman. Oh, wrong number, sorry. I've been trying to get a hold of you. I have a warrant for your arrest. That sounded important. Nah, nah, no. There's a lot of Ethan Almonds. We really need to find an intern. Let's just try another number. Let's not push that button again. Ooh, but what about this one? Aloha, this is Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimmel West, best known as the composer of Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast theme song. Jim, it's us, Ethan and Dave. Now that the Grammys are out of the way, would you consider being our intern? Dave and Ethan who? Sorry, I've had it up to here, and I'm motioning up to the height of my Grammy Award with these darn spam calls. No, 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 Jim, don't hang up, Jim. Jim. <sighs> All right, let's do this one. Hi, this is Jackson Scoggins. It's Dave and Ethan. Oh, hey, guys. Look, Jackson, our intern Frank, he quit. Could you be our new intern? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little busy right now. I'm uh, celebrating Weasel Stomping Day. Uh, can you call me again some other time? Uh, last week worked for you? Wait, what? We aren't time travelers. Sorry, so sorry. Gotta go. Wait, wait! Bye, guys. Bye! Wait! Say hi to Frank for me. All right, gotta go. Bye. Thanks for calling the Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast hotline. Any messages you leave may be used for a future episode of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Oh, crap. Hang up, hang up, hang up, hang up. All right, let's try another number. There's got to be an intern out there for us somewhere. Hi, this is Joel. Joel, it's Ethan and Dave. Hey, hey guys, how's it going? We're trying to play your interview, but our intern quit, and we don't know how. Uh, what? Did did you guys push play? Listen, since we already have you on the line, can we just recreate the whole interview word for word again? Hey, listen, I gotta go. There's some Nigerian prince on the other line, and he says he's gonna give me $5 million if I buy him some gift cards. Wait, it's a scam! Uh, I'm sure it's a sure thing. Joel! Bye. <sighs> well, that was our chance. All right, uh, this one. Hello, this is Susan McNabb. Hey, Susan! Can you be our new intern? Oh, I'm sorry, guys. You know, I just... 
my new book, The Opposite of Famous by Susan McNabb. It's out now, and I just, I really need to focus on that. Well, what about your dog, Joey? Joey, yeah, you know, Joey's really busy, too. I'm sorry. Listen, I gotta run, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Ah, I thought Joey was gonna be a sure thing. All right, let's try another one. What's this red button? It's the podcast formerly known as the Weird Alphabet. Oh boy, we gotta work on that sync. It's been a while. Wow, it's like we haven't done this show in like a year. And whom shall we say is speaking? Daniel. Daniel Kaka. I'm David Spencer. I'm the Tesser Elk. I'm Michael Hunter. Hey, everyone. Now that you've discussed all of the Weird Al songs, are you all free to be our unpaid interns? Are you guys kidding me? We don't have time for that. We got so much other podcasts that we're doing. Yeah, like I'm finally catching up on Serial. (laughs) No, I mean recording podcasts, Dan. Oh, right. Okay. I mean, I'm sure we'll be back when Weird Al comes back, but we got to talk about Homestar Runner and movies and all sorts of nonsense. Mm -hmm. David, you're part of both, man. Both come on Fahuka Pods and How Did This (laughs) Not Get Made? We're constantly on these microphones recording other things. Yeah, and we have our own unpaid interns to take care of that for us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So how can we take care of unpaid interns and then be unpaid interns ourselves? How is that going to look to our unpaid interns? Unpaid intern. Hey, Alexa, what do you think of this? I eat grass. There you go. Sorry, that was me <laughs> as the tesser elk as an unpaid intern. That was my bit. <laughs> I'm really liking these character motivations. Keep going with that. Use it. Thank you. Also, what's a weird owl? Oh, um, see, it's those types of clips that we don't pay you for. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. But seriously, guys, congratulations on the 100 episodes. Hopefully you'll make it to 100 more. And uh, check in with the We're All Yankovics guys. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're not doing much. So ask them if they want to be unpaid interns. Yeah. Gee, thanks, guys. Oh, this is silly. We could always just ask one of our many resident podcast historians if they could do it. Oh, great idea. I keep forgetting that we have all these resident historians on the payroll that we never use. Hi, David Ethan. How can I help you? Since you are already on the payroll as our expert in all things interns, would you mind filling in as our new intern? Sorry, but I can't. Sure you can. Uh, We order you to. No, I mean I legally can't. According to the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation's Guiding Principles on Internet Podcasts, Regulation 372-5806, any person holding the position of paid resident historian cannot legally also serve as an unpaid intern on the same podcast. Well, we have to follow Canadian Broadcast Corporation's rules, so I guess we're just going to have to go back to the phones. Why do we even pay those guys? All right, let's try this one. Hello, this is Dave and Ethan, supervillain and host of Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Hey, Dave, it's us. I know we've had a little bit of trouble in the past, but would you mind being our new intern? Me? Be your intern? Never! I have the superior Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Yeah, but if you remember from episode 48 inch, ours technically aired first. I don't care when your first episode aired. You need to be my interns. (laughs) 
wait. Is he okay? Does it even matter? Eh, you're right. Okay. Oh, we haven't tried this one yet. Hello, Beefalo Bill Burke speaking. Bill, it's us, Dave and Ethan. Ah, I'm so glad you called me. I've been going crazy. I got a stack of photos to go through. I've got thousands and thousands of pictures to organize. It's a lot of work. Y- would you two mind being my interns? Uh, Actually, that sounds really cool. I'm down. Uh, Ethan, we have to figure out this episode before we can go off and be someone else's, Frank. Uh, you're right, Dave. Sorry, Bill. Maybe next time. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I got your number. I'll call you back in a couple hours, see if anything's changed. I actually hope he does call back. That would be really fun. It would be a blast, but push another button. All right. Hello, you've reached channel 27.27 FM, W-E-I-R-D. He's Gil, and I'm Chill, and we are Gil and Chill in the mornings. Caller number one, you're on the air. Oh, hey, it's Dave and Ethan of Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. Uh, yeah, we were wondering, can you guys be our interns? Oh, no can do, buddies. We're just about to reveal the number one comedy rap song of April 2011. If only we could figure out how to play it. Would you guys be able to help? Uh, no. It sounds like you guys got your own problems. We're sorry to bother you. Hmm. Oh, you know who we could ask? We could ask Jackie. Who? Your wife, Jackie. Oh, my wife might be interested. We should totally ask her. I just said that. Jackie, can you come here a minute? Yes, honey? That loser Frank left, and we need someone to push play. Will you be our new intern? Yeah, uh, I'd love to help, but I'm a little busy with my own very successful podcast all about model horses, Mares in Black. I'll make it worth your while, wink, wink. Sorry, uh, yeah, I'm already an intern on another Weird Al podcast. What? (laughs) I'm getting a little sick of this, Dave. We gotta find an intern really quick. All right, let's try another call. Hello, this is Steve J. With whom do I have the pleasure of speaking to? Hi, Steve. It's Ethan and Dave. Would you want to be our new intern? Oh, hey, guys. Sure, why not? Really? You would? Yeah, I'd love to be your inchworm, and then one day, your beautiful butterfly. No, not our inchworm, our intern. You know, like the guy who does all the chores and boring stuff around here and works for us for free? Oh, then no. (sighs) Oh, hey, what about Mike Furman? Oh, yeah, he'd be a great intern. I think he's actually still on hold. Hey, Mike, you there? Guys? (laughs) Guys? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm still here on hold. How would you like to be our brand new intern? Oh, uh, intern? Um, uh, yeah, sorry, I can't. I, I would love to. I, I just, I'm busy, you know, being on hold. Um, but I would love to, maybe next time? Like, keep me in mind, you know? Um, but if that's, uh, yeah, if that's it, if it's just the intern thing, um, could you put me back on hold, please? Uh, I guess so. We'll put you back on hold. I thought we were getting somewhere, Dave. All right, let's try this one. Hello, Kelly Phillips speaking. Uh, hey, Kelly. 
Let me guess. You guys want me to be your new intern. Yes, exactly. I really just can't. I'm still working on the last request that you guys had for me. It's taking so much longer than I expected. Dave just has so much arm hair. It's taking me an eternity to render it all. It's actually kind of driving me a little bit crazy. I mean, have you seen it? It just, it goes on and on for days and miles and and I just, I can't stop. I just have to keep adding more and more. And, hello? Hello? We're, we're still here. Well, uh, best of luck, you guys. I'll... I'll get back to you about the drawing. Too much arm hair? What the heck is she talking about? Ethan, look at this. Are my arms hairy? Uh, well, I... I mean, come on, come on. There's nothing there. Come on, look, look, look. Nothing. Uh, Dave, let's find an intern. Oh, oh, how about this button? Hello, this is Lisa Popeil. Lisa! It's Dave and Ethan. Would you consider being our intern? Not without the other Al's gals. We come as a trio, you know. Uh, okay. Yeah, thanks anyway. We we don't really have a need for three interns. Yeah, and our studio is kind of on the small side, too. Oh, yes. That won't work at all. We'd each need our own dressing rooms, catered lunches, and of course, at Monique's request, there would need to be a separate, slightly smaller dressing room for little Al. <sighs> Okay, well, we've called Jim, we've called Bermuda, we called Steve. I can't help but feel like we're missing someone. I know who we're missing. The keyboard player. Oh, you're right! Hello, Pat Regan here. Well, hello, Pat! Hey, would you be able to drop what you're doing and become our new intern? Well, sorry guys, I wish I could help you out. But I'm just about to judge another Playboy Playmate competition. And, yeah, i got to get back to it. It's a tough job, but, you know, somebody's got to do it. Anyway, later. All right, this is silly. There's obviously a band member we forgot to call. Here. I have his number here somewhere. Ah! Here it is. All right, I'm feeling good about this one. I'm feeling good about it, too. What else could he be doing? Ah, uh, come on. Pick up, pick up, pick up. Hello. You've reached the voicemail of Al Yankovic. Sorry that I'm not able to take your call. Please leave a message after the Auga horn, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. And if this is Dave Elvis Rossi or Ethan Allman calling again, please... Stop calling! Seriously, guys, stop calling. I, I already said I would do an interview on Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, but not until episode 2,000-inch. Until then, do not call me! Don't make me change my number. Again! Hmm. I guess he's just busy. Again? It's so weird. Every time we call, we get his voicemail. It's almost like he's screening our calls or something. Uh, oh well. We can just call him later. I'm sure he won't mind. Yeah, we'll definitely call him later. Uh, is that everyone? Well, there is one more. Who? I've thought long and hard about it, and I think, I think it's time we call Frank. Okay, let's call him. You think he'll answer? Oh, man, I'm nervous. Hello, 
this is Frank. Frank, we're sorry. Come on, give us one more chance, please. Come on, Frank. Frank. Oh, oh, we're in hell. We're in hell, Frank. Come back to us. Come back to us. Come back to us. Oh, oh, Frank. Oh, please. Oh, Frank. Oh. Who is this? It's Ethan and Dave. Oh, this is Frank from the Bank Sanchez. Oh, hey, Frank. Well, what can I do for you, boys? Frank, will you be our new intern? We have a slightly used name tag already printed up with your name on it. Oh, <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm going to have to decline, and you can take that to the bank. Ethan, it wasn't that Frank I was talking about. I meant our former intern Frank. You know, the one who we force-fed nothing but sauerkraut since he was 26 and a half years old? Um, I mean, Maybe. The one who we never compliment or give the credit he deserves. I, I, I mean, the one who always screwed up everything, like editing how you said Michael Crichton's name to make you sound wrong. Oh, yeah. The guy who doesn't get paid, does a bunch of stuff for us, and yet we still have the audacity to charge him rent for getting to bask in our presence. And remember, one time he was a few minutes late with his getting to bask in our presence rent payment? I don't care how many school kids he selflessly saved from drowning. This is more important. Ugh, that jerk. He's such a loser. It would be so embarrassing for us to have to ask Frank to come back. I mean, Dave, you did break down sobbing when you realized he was never coming back. I mean, maybe if we change how we treat him, he would reconsider? You think kindness would work? I mean... I guess I'd be okay with giving Frank a 10% reduction in his getting to bask in our glory rent if he agreed to come back. Okay, great. I'll text him. Hey, Frank, comma, it apostrophe s Ethan and Dave, period. We want to talk, period. Can you come back to the studio? Question mark. Poop emoji, poop emoji, poop emoji, cat with hard eyes emoji, delete. Poop emoji, and send. Ethan, did you hear that noise? Uh, I think that means that someone left us a message on the 347 spatula hotline? Guys, I'm, uh, I'm right here. If you're right here, then why did you call the 347 spatula hotline? The 347 spatula hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000... 2000- oh, hey, wait! Dave! That's Frank! Frank! You beautiful, sweet, wonderful intern, you. You came back. You came back, right? I, I don't know what you guys are droning on about. I, I never left. I, I've been here the whole time. I, I stepped out to get a glass of water. I, I heard everything you said. Oh, came groveling back to us, did you, Frank? What? No, guys, I, I never quit. Yes, you did. As you were leaving last week, you specifically said, and I quote, I am officially resigning from my position. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. Well, if you guys listened to me for once, what I said was, I wish it didn't have to come to this, but I am officially resigning from my position as the full-time night shift supervisor at the local animal shelter. I'm only planning on volunteering there 60 hours per week from now on so I can devote more of my time to this podcast. Hmm... No, sorry, that's not ringing a bell, Frank. Um, you, you guys probably heard, just heard me say I am officially resigning and stopped listening because you were both busy playing Halo 2. Again. Ooh, yep. Yeah, we were playing Halo 2. Hey, Dave, how about a rematch? Sure. 
you you know you you guys have a podcast to record like right now. Oh, right. What would we ever do without you, Frank? You know, I do stay up some nights wondering what you guys would do without me. I mean, you you couldn't even figure out how to push the darn play button that I painted in reflective paint, have a light shining on and big red flashing arrows pointing to. Sure, you don't, you don't make it easy for me. You don't pay me. You, you charge me money for every little thing I do. You you disrespect me on and off the air. You you give me wedgies and the assignments I get from you are often downright criminal in nature. But but you know what? I love you guys. I I, I love the message you're sending with this podcast. You know, Weird Al is truly an amazing person and. Even if your podcast brings happiness to just one Weird Al fan who's been having a tough day, week, month, or even a year, it makes it all worth it to me. Uh, I'm sorry, Frank. Did you say something? I was too busy getting a headshot. Take that, Ethan. <laughs> oh, nothing. Never mind. Wait, Frank. One thing you said earlier, it, it made me think of something important. Yes? Did you put a dollar in the glass of water jar like you're supposed to when you grabbed a drink earlier? Yes, I did. So you're staying? I never left. I, I, I could never leave you guys. I, I, I guess I just love you two knuckleheads too much. Yeah, okay, sure, whatever, that's great. Can you just push the play button now? Sure, but I have a little request. May, may I please introduce the interview this week just this once? Nobody wants to hear your dumb voice, Frank. Well, I don't know, Ethan. Maybe we can throw him a bone just this once, but don't get used to it, Frank. And you can say goodbye to that 10% discount. Oh, and there's going to be a fee associated with it, of course. And paperwork, which you need to fill out in triplicate. And no more helping the elderly across the street, Frank. <sighs> okay. And can, can I ask just one more favor? Um, after the interview... Uh, can I debut the latest song I've been working on? Don't push it, Frank. Nobody's tuning into our podcast to hear your music. All right. Well, without further ado, let's listen to this week's interview. We are very excited to welcome to the podcast one of Al's longtime friends, Joel Miller. You can hear Joel playing bongos on Take Me Down, the placebo EP version of Got a Boogie, as well as on Weird Al Yankovic and Weird Al Yankovic in 3D. Welcome to our podcast, Joel. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. And and actually, you named off some things that I didn't even realize I was on. So <laughs> <laughs> keep on naming them. Keep on naming them. I... <laughs> Oh, I got a whole list of songs I'm going to ask you about, so this is going to oh, be no. fun. Oh, no. Um... <laughs> yeah, Joel, just ask us questions about your career, and we'll, we'll throw them in there, and we'll answer them. <laughs> that, would be, that would be great. <laughs> when do I get my check? <laughs> it, it really is great to have you on the program. Thanks, I mean, guys. We're recording this you know, right after that New York Times article dropped, and you are, of course, quoted in that quite a bit. Yeah, it was it was. Uh, a lot of fun to do and a lot of fun to to kind of go back in time and to also realize how far Al has come since I've first met him. And as a matter of fact, after the article came out, um, I wrote him a little letter email these days. People don't write letters, <laughs> although they should. Yeah. Letters, letters are things that you keep, right? I have a, I actually have a whole box of letters that people had sent me and, um, there's something lost when when that happens. But we're email today. But I wrote him an email to let him know 
how proud I was of him. And I think I've told him before, but I said, if, if I haven't told you before, I'm telling you now how proud I am of you. And just from, you know, that, that little shy little kid to what he's become and, and how much he really means to so many people, which, and I, I actually was one of the people who teared up when they read uh, Sam Anderson's New York Times uh, article because it was so personal to me. And mm-hmm. Al said, I didn't quite get that reaction, but I'm, I'm very, I'm too close to it. So it didn't register that kind of emotion. But he said, yes, when I, I, even more so with me, when I listened to the narration, because that's got yeah. more emotion attached to oh, it. Yeah. I, I definitely teared up when I listened to the narration. And Al said, yeah, I got, you know, I got a little lump in my throat when I listened to that. <laughs> um, and it made it more more personal when he when he heard that. And sometimes when you read things, you think that uh, you're a little bit more divorced from them. Uh, but when somebody speaks it or you're in person, it means a lot more to you. So um, I, I told him how proud I was of him and, and how much he meant to everybody and, and how much joy he brings to really to the world in a time where things are, are you know, kind of going to hell. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so that's my interpretation. Everything's going to hell. I sound like an old man. <laughs> Stay off my lawn! I mean, I, I can relate to just being a, a super fan of Al's, how amazing that article was and how touching it was. But I, I can only imagine having, you've known Al for how many years at this point? Over, over 40. I think it's like 44 now or something it's insane i could never do math so so it's a, 104 i've known right. him for 104 years <laughs> <laughs> and he looks good for 104 he does yeah you met he him does. the day he was born actually yeah. he looks he looks great for any age it's probably because of his diet yeah he's he's oh, yeah. you know He's vegetarian. This is a great segue. I wanted to ask you, knowing Al from such a, a young age and for all these years, of course, in UHF, there's the Twinkie Wiener sandwich. There's the jelly bean and pickle sandwich in the Weird Al show. That's right. Did you see Al eating any weird stuff like that? His four basic food groups in college were uh, yogurt, Coca-Cola, quesadillas and bean burritos (laughs) that's pretty much all he ate as a matter of fact he almost burned down his kitchen one time because he put in uh he was making a quesadilla he put it in the oven he forgot about it until like the kitchen was on fire (laughs) oh no (laughs) yeah he was mad because he he had to paint the kitchen uh it was It was this yellow kitchen, and it was all like, you know, you could see where the flames went up the side of the wall and got the roof all black. Wow. Yeah. So he he was a um, he was a weird eater. I mean, he was away from home, and I'm sure that his mom used to cook him everything. And now he was on his own, and you do what you can do. And he didn't have any cooking skills. So that was easy stuff for him to right. to make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So I want to go back a little bit. I want to like start at the very beginning. I mean, you met Al at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo in, you know, like you said, in the late 70s. Right. So what, what was your first memory of meeting Al and your first impression upon meeting him? There was two kind of first meetings. There's one where he met me for the first time. And we had this project where we had to, uh, when you're in architecture school, you have to learn how to do perspective drawings. Now they do them all on computer, but back then you had to physically learn the skills, how to do uh, bird's eye view, worm's eye view, and uh, standard standard uh, 3D view. Hmm. Of, so they would give mm-hmm. you floor plans to a building and they would say, draw me a rendering, draw me what the finished product is going to look like. So I had problems visualizing in three dimensions and um, it was the first class that I'd ever got a crappy grade in. And what had happened was that instead of doing the final drawing, I decided that I was going to make a a, a model, a full-scale model, and then that's what I was going to turn in for my final project, was this model instead of a drawing, because I couldn't do the drawing. And so I was even, it was a, a fountain, and I knew how to use resin and catalyst, so it was, I was physically making a reflecting pool in this model that I had built. So I was mixing up the resin and catalyst, and the stuff stinks to high heaven, so I went out into the uh, the stairwell, and Al was coming up the stairs, and he kind of stared at me, he looked at the model, he stared at me again, and he kept on walking. And what he thought was, Jesus, th- this guy is so intense. I can't believe that he's even building. He thought that I was this genius. Well, really, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> and, the, and the reason that I was building the model is that I couldn't do the final project. So when it came time to do the final project, I, you know, the, the teacher said, where's your where's your drawing? I said, I don't have a drawing, but here's this model. And he says, what's this going to prove to me? And I said, I'm going to show you how shade and shadow moves depending on the, on the um, position of the sun. So I had a movie light, turned it on. I showed him, he says, oh, very interesting. And uh, he failed me <laughs> because, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> because I didn't fall. He says, this is great. You, you thought outside the box. But when somebody pays you money to do something, you don't bring them a model. You bring them a drawing because that's what they want. So I'm going <laughs> to fail you. <laughs> and then he asked for the drawing. And I said, I can't do the drawing. He says, well, then can I have the model? And I, uh, there's a whole story that goes with that that I'm not going to get into. But, And then the second time that I really – we didn't talk to Al for the first six months of the school year. Because he just wasn't communicative. He was this shy little... He was a lot younger than most of us. I was a transfer student, so I was almost 20 at the time. I had transferred... I went to a, a two-year community college to get all my uh, general education out of the way. And I had transferred. And Al, of course, was he, was... he had skipped a couple grades, and he was only 16 years old. And to be thrown into that kind of a world where you're living on your own for the first time and you're involved in probably one of the best architecture programs uh, in the country. Now it's a five-year program. They found out that people freaked out after four years. It was just too much work. I mean, wow. you were, uh, you were uh, it was 24-7. You almost lived at the architecture labs and people did bring hot plates and they cooked oatmeal and they just, they just hung around. Um, but... We didn't speak to him, but he would just kind of saunter past. We, as Sam Anderson wrote in his New York Times article, that there would be doors open, and most of the time your doors were always open when it was the evening and you were studying because, 
you like to yell at somebody or a song would come on and you'd turn it up or whatever, you would socialize. And Al would just kind of walk past our room and just look at us, but, but keep on, keep on moving. He would just, and then he started, like Sam said, started doing these like kind of goofy looks because he got some feedback from doing that. And that's where his nickname came from was uh, one of the dorm guys started yelling at him and, and it was meant half in, in jest, and but half in snark. It was, hey, effing weird Al. And Al would turn around and, and give us a face or something. <laughs> um, and, and that was just his way of trying to fit in, but he didn't know how. And most of us, you know, had already divided into cliques and he wasn't in any kind of a clique. He was just kind of out on his own. And he did have a roommate guy named Rob Hakito, um, and, and Rob was also an architecture student, but Rob kept to himself as well, or he socialized with, uh, he was a member of the Japanese Student Union, uh, so he would hang out with his peeps. Right. And so Al would right. kind of be on his own. But every time he walked by, he would get that you know reaction. I'm curious how the dorms were set up. I'm thinking back to when I was in college. So Al literally had a guy in the same bedroom as him? Yes. Or were they a suite? Yeah, no. We, we all had roommates. Yep. Um, so there was two to a room. The rooms were not that big. And then there was a, a communal bathroom that was in the center. Uh, so there was two long hallways on each side. And there was dorm rooms all along the hallways. Al was in one extreme corner. He had a corner room. Oh, wow. All the way kind of in the farthest uh, corner of the of the building. So he would just walk straight, you know, to his room and pretty much shut the door. And I was curious. So in the article that, that Sam read and everything I've read about your history with Al is you didn't really know he was an accordion player until you walked in his room. So was he playing it and you just didn't hear it because of your location compared to where he was? I never heard it. Yeah. I never, I never heard it until, so there was the, the infamous shower deal where I went nuts and, um, some guys had ripped off his, um, his clothes and I didn't really even know him that well. I just, you know, he would walk past us and he was just that weird kid. Yeah. Right. And then, um, what had happened these guys were laughing and, and I, I think that they were drunk or something and. I saw the clothes on the table and I said, what's, what's all the ruckus? And they said, you know, that weird kid, we ripped off his, his clothes and he won't come out of the shower. And, um, I kind of saw red because I think at some point, um, everybody in their life gets bullied, but there's just some things that are really egregious and, and, uh, you know, that it's, it's, if somebody won't come out of the shower and they're that shy, that it's terrifying to them. Yeah. And, you know, I, when I was a little kid, I got bullied a couple of times until I found out that bullies really are, they're really damaged people. And sometimes I feel very sorry for them because obviously somebody in their life made them feel very, very small. And they're trying to make somebody else feel just that way so that they can feel better about themselves. But usually they have no self-esteem. They have no self-confidence. And when you stand up to them at some point, something's going to give. And, um, so I looked for the alpha male <laughs> and, and threatened that I was going to bash him over the head. And he, he <laughs> was ready to, to fight for a little while. And I said, well, you know, okay, let's, cause the other guys didn't want any part of it. I said, let's go. Maybe you're, you'll get in a couple good ones, but I'm, I might 
break open your head. So, <laughs> you know, let's let's see what happens. And he was like, ah, here's a close back. And he called me, you know, a couple choice names and stuff. And <laughs> I, I got the clothes and I was walking back to give them to Al. But as in the article and all other times that I've told this story, he had already... <laughs> You know, he's very resourceful. He's probably the brightest guy that I that I know. And he had ripped down the shower curtain, wrapped it around himself, and, and had gone back to his room. And I didn't get uh, to him until he had already put some, some clothes on. And I knocked on the door, and he opened it, and he was like, you know, yeah. And I said, here's your clothes back. Those guys are real. I don't know if I can swear, but um, I just called them, you know, a-holes. I right. said, these guys are real a-holes. <laughs> right. And he said, thanks a lot, but he just took the clothes and he, he closed the door. Um, so I didn't see the accordion then. The next time that um, I had contact with him, because then uh, I said, you know what? That's, that's not cool what they did to this guy. And I think that we ought to include him in some of the stuff that we do, which wasn't that much. We were going to go on a Taco Bell run. So I went and I knocked on his door. And little did I know, that's one of his four basic food groups. So I knocked, I knocked on the door and I, I said, hey, we're making a Taco Bell run. Do you want something? And he goes, me? And I go, there's nobody else standing here. Yeah, you. Do you want something? And he said, a bean burrito? I said, bean burrito, coming up. So when <laughs> I got back, I went to deliver it to him. And that's when he opened the door. And that's when I saw his dorm room and the accordion. The <laughs> dorm room, of course, he was away from home for the first time. And there was nobody to pick up yeah. his his. Right. crap so uh i liken it to a, a plane crashing into the ocean and then, you know, all the all the stuff that starts popping up like they see luggage and they see shoes and they see you know t-shirts and all that stuff that's what his room looked like except there was little paths that where he could walk there was a path to his desk there was a path to the closet and there was a path to his accordion and that's the f <laughs> that's the first time i had ever seen an accordion i mean for real yeah and i said right. whoa that's cool uh that's who's is that yours he goes yeah it's mine i said can you play it he says yeah i can play it i said what can you play he says what do you want to hear i'm going oh mr smarty pants um <laughs> how about some elton john he goes okay what do you want to hear and i go really he goes yeah he says, Elton John's one of my favorites. I said, uh, <laughs> funeral for a friend, you know, love lies bleeding. He goes, cool. And all the, we had the food out on the table in the communal area. So he came out with the accordion and started playing the song. And I don't think anybody ate anything because we were just mesmerized. I mean, he was just... <laughs> He was in in his zone. Yeah. You know, finally, he got to yeah. do something where he felt very confident in in doing it, and finally becoming part of, you know, the clique and and getting to socialize with everybody and doing something that he really enjoyed. And he played that whole song, and I think it's like eleven or twelve minutes long, and we were just <laughs> I mean, jaws were on the floor. <laughs> Wow. And then somebody said, hey, Miller, get your bongos. <laughs> so I got my bongos and we just started to, to freeform kind of jam and stuff. And it was just so much fun. Wow. And it got to be pretty late at night. 
and but nobody was complaining about the noise um and it was just kind of one of those magical deals and we just started hanging out and uh he would bring his accordion on by the room and actually that's where mr frump in the iron lung came from was one of those visits wow. where I wanted oh. to see how heavy an accordion was, so he let me put it on. It's heavy. <laughs> I mean, those those things are those suckers are heavy, and um, they have tons of really cool buttons. And so I was going through all the buttons with him, and I asked him what one on the bottom was. He says, "Well, that clears the bellows. If you need to close it or open it without making any sound, you can push that button." So I pushed the button, and I moved the bellows in and out, and I just started cracking up. And I said, "That." Dude, that sounds like a man in an iron lug, and we're all world, you know, <laughs> snorting and laughing and stuff. And sure enough, about a week later, he comes back, and he had written Mister Frump in wow. the iron lug. Oh wow! And I'm going like, holy crap! <laughs> and it was it was so obtuse and so funny and uh, so pithy. I mean, he'd worked. Uh, the whole bellows thing into the accordion and the song. And uh, it was really quite genius. And I'm going, wow, this, this guy is, is something else. What happened to the bullies? You know, once Al was playing the music and more accepted, were those guys nice to him? You know what? The, the, the alpha male dude, I had never seen before. I didn't know who he was. He might've been a friend of one of the other guys. Um, after that, uh, the other guys pretty much left him alone. Uh, but I don't think that, um, I don't think I ever saw them at any of his shows or anything like that. I don't, I think that they just left him alone, but it wasn't, uh, like all of a sudden they were, we were best right. buddies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like, would you be best man at my wedding? Right. It was, it was, <laughs> it was okay. I'm going to leave you alone now. Cause you're far superior to me. <laughs> we did have boxing matches later on. Uh, a guy brought some, but Al didn't participate in the boxing matches, but some of us really got into it and, and got, uh, <laughs> Got to get out our our aggressions on each other. <laughs> that's always that's always a lot of fun. It's like oh, you made bam. <laughs> I'm fascinated about you know your description of Al's room because I always pictured <laughs> you know, when you're describing it. I was thinking this is exactly the cover of the first album. And it I is always pictured that it would be. Like, it is like that. <laughs> And that's and that's where that the idea for the album cover, you know, his self-titled Weird Al Yankovic uh, came from. <laughs> and I believe that he got, and I don't remember the gentleman's name, but it was an illustrator that done uh, had done a lot of illustrations for Mad Magazine. Right. And uh, when I saw it, I just said, you know, that's that's perfect. That's that's <laughs> really a terrific. It was very very busy. But I thought that it was it was perfect. And Al's place until pretty much until he got married, his place was always a version of that. <laughs> oh wow! And, and I do remember uh, a girlfriend of his uh, when he was out for a couple hours. She cleaned the place up, and when he got back and saw that it was clean, he was very upset. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> she goes, "I cleaned the place up." I actually I like that girlfriend a lot. 
I cleaned the place up. What's the matter? He goes, I knew where everything was. Now I don't know where anything is. <laughs> don't ever clean up again. Oh, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah. I knew where it was. What's up? She thought she was doing this wonderful thing. It's like, you know, the dog that brings back the live hand grenade and drops it at your feet and wags its tail. It's, right. You know, it's like, See what I got? See what I brought you? What? <laughs> So I have more college questions. Did you ever study with Al? Were you guys in the same courses or same classes? No, we uh, we had one teacher in common, but uh, a guy named Nelson Green, who was uh, feared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, that was the guy that actually uh, gave me a D in in his class. Oh yeah. So we used, I think we had shirts that said, I survived Nelson Green. And, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but he, he was, it was introductory to environmental design. And that's where you learn how to do architectural lettering and stuff. And both Al and I learned how to, that if, if nothing else, I did learn how to letter really well. And one is one of the first people in Nelson's class, uh, if you, lettered to his professional standards then as soon as he saw that you were at that standard you didn't have to do any more exercises and after i forgot how many classes it was he just gave me the thing with like an a plus on it and said you're excused from from doing the rest of the lettering wow it didn't stop him from from giving me a d in the class <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> but uh to this day, I owe my architectural lettering style to Nelson Green. So maybe there, <laughs> there is a, um, you know, there's a silver lining in that story. But we did not have classes together, although I know that Al did extremely well in all his classes until he had to build uh, models, until he had to do like topographic maps and that kind of stuff. And I think the only class that he had to take over again was one in which you had to do topographic maps. And once he had passed the class, I went over to his apartment, which was the same one that he almost burned down. And he lived on the uh, second floor and he had me take my camera and take pictures as he threw the model over the balcony. <laughs> and then as it broke into a million pieces. So I have oh, those wow. pictures someplace. Oh, but uh, wow. I, said, I, I still think I have them someplace, man. I remember that. He says, That's amazing. And then, But he was upset. He was really upset that he had got a substandard grade. But by that time, he had started to perform a lot. And the schoolwork was kind of taking a back seat to his performance aspirations. And he was no he was used to be able to do both of them. Uh, and he would stay up sometimes for for a couple of days at a time. And wow. uh, we were next door neighbors in off campus housing the second our second year in college. And he would stay up for a couple of days working on stuff that we were gonna do for our act. And then he would neglect his studies, but then in a couple hours, he would memorize or do whatever he needed to do to take the class and to get a straight A. And one time I remember he stayed up for a couple days and then he came over and we were discussing some stuff about the act or what the set list was going to be. And he fell asleep on the living room floor and 
we just left him. So <laughs> the the next day he was still asleep on the living room floor. And so we drew stuff all over his face oh, no. with, with markers, like kiss me and a big, a big star, uh, stars over his eyes, like a clown and a big heart over his forehead and stuff. And then we woke him up. We said, Al, Al, you got to get up. It's time. And it was time for him to get to one of his classes. Oh, and no. we were hoping that he would just go to class and, and, and not find out that we had drawn all over his face. But unfortunately, he, you know, all of us, you know, we look in the mirror, right? We yeah. want to make sure that right. our hair is right and all that kind of stuff. He goes, you guys, <laughs> Jesus. And so he washed all that. And we're going like, damn, almost, almost. Now, do uh, pictures of that event exist? No, unfortunately not. Okay. <laughs> unfortunately not. Just, just indelible memories. <laughs> he's also though he's he's very he's competitive, um, in a in a good way. I think that served him really well over his uh, career, where he really wants to go a cut above and he wants to be perfect or do things as perfect as he possibly can. And I know that whenever he's in his car and he's listening to stuff that maybe is his own music, he will go like, ah, you know, he'll cringe. He'll go like, oh man, I just could have done that. A li-. I said, listen, they're never done. They're, they're never done. I mean, they're your babies, so they're, they're never done. I said, you just got to let go at some point. And so now I think he's, and he does get to the point where, okay, this is, this is as good as I can make it. <laughs> For now. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we did have one, we were banging on the wall because he was playing his music too loud and he banged back and we banged a little bit louder and then he banged back a little bit louder then we banged back a little bit louder. All of a sudden, his foot comes through the wall. <laughs> he was banging so hard with his foot. That he, and I'm amazed that he may have hurt his foot a little bit. I'm not quite sure. But um, he was more mad about the fact that he was going to have to pay to get the wall fixed. <laughs> was this the apartment the second year you mentioned? Yeah, correct. Yes. Yeah, we, were, we lived in, uh, it was called Valencia which was off-campus housing. And at that time, we called ourselves the Valencia All-Stars. That was the name of the band. Oh, wow. Which was, oh. yeah, which was really stupid. <laughs> um, and Al even made a little uh, insignia that I could put on my bongos, which I still have on my bongos today, which has a little um, Valencia All-Stars logo. And it was that... Um, that really weird stuff that starts off as a large piece and you can draw on it, then you put it in the oven and it shrinks. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Shrinky yeah, so yeah. He, yeah, so he made me one of those things for my bongos. And I applied it, uh, unfortunately, upside down by mistake. <laughs> and I just left it that way. It's been upside down ever since he, he gave it to me. I figured, no, nah, I'm not gonna mess with it. It's it's good luck. Just it's it's good juju. I'm gonna leave it. So who else was in the Valencia All Stars? Just Al and myself. Okay. <laughs> you made it yeah, sound that, like there was that, like 50 people or something. <laughs> that would have been nice. That would have been that would have been cool. But um, and then later on, uh, Joe Early joined us, which was great. And uh, I believe that Al met uh, Joe because Joe was also a campus uh, DJ. 
and um, they both uh, did kind of like late night shows and they both had kind of the same sense of humor and Joe's also uh, just a really gifted, uh, I would say, comedic writer and, and great to riff stuff off of. And he was a, a terrific addition. And it took a little bit of pressure off of me, too, because I, um, I originally, when people said, you guys should perform, I was very, very hesitant because uh, I have uh, stage fright and anxiety issues with performing, which is a reason that I never did it before. Mm -hmm. And so I figured, ah, all the, all the attention will be on him. Uh, and actually Al did perform one time before, uh, at one coffee house before Al and I performed. And it was with some guys in the dorm that, cause Al really wanted to perform. Yeah. At, at that point he, he saw that people really enjoyed what he did and he wanted to perform. So the two guys, it was at the end of the school year, and then the two guys went up with Al. They took their spot, and uh, they sucked. Um, <laughs> oh. Not because of Al, but because the, the guys didn't take the whole thing seriously, and one guy was totally stoned, and the other guy was drunk, and they, Al had given them cheat sheets uh, of their lines that they had to sing or do whatever, and they couldn't really even do that. So it was really kind of sad and so after that was over I came up to him and I said okay I'm in and um, we kept in touch over the summer and then as soon as the fall started the following year we came up with an act um, to do at, at the coffee house that um, kind of you know bolted him to realize that this was something that he really wanted to pursue and it really um, kind of fulfilled him. And can you remember what went down that first coffee house show? You mean what what they performed? No, the first time you performed with Al. Oh, the first time. Uh, yeah, it was. Um, I have to say one thing uh, is that, of course, because of my stage fright, uh, about a week before we would perform, I would be like a nervous wreck. Uh, couldn't eat, couldn't sleep. It really was was kind of a bummer. But after I was on stage for about five minutes, you just kind of forget that, and you just have so much fun that it's it's a great experience. But mm -hmm. um, so for me, the the rehearsals were what I remember the most, and the time that we threw out ideas off of one another, and it was just kind of magical. I mean, if you can imagine, the the guy's a genius, and to be able to riff with somebody that that can match you in both, uh, you know, uh, speed of thought and your, your sensibilities and your sense of humor and coming up with cool stuff because you've got somebody that's an unbelievable springboard for your ideas. I mean, that's kind of magical and who wouldn't want to do that all the time. Yeah. So for me, the, the rehearsals were wonderful. And then the, the performances were just kind of like, okay, we're, this is the culmination, but I really liked the rehearsals better. He liked, I found the live audience to, to be, um, it was great, but for some reason I always, <laughs> I always felt empty after it was over. And maybe that's why pros who, are on tour and doing the thing and getting this kind of feedback. And I didn't know how to, to moderate it. I didn't know how to take that kind of energy that you would get from the audience and, 
and then all of a sudden when it's off, what happens? And Al's really good at that. I mean, he's good at just shutting it off. And then when he has to go into family mode, he can go into family mode. When he goes into writing mode, he goes into writing mode. He's really good at compartmentalizing. Mm -hmm. I'm not. So I do remember that we showed up and it was uh, a, a lot of people were there because there was a group called the Cash Valley Drifters, which was a very uh, big local country and Western act. We're going to be there that evening. So the place was pretty packed for them. And there was a couple acts that went on before us, uh, which were somebody, I think, played the piano and people were... Um, playing acoustic guitar and stuff and then here comes Al and, my, <laughs> Al and myself and and I decided that I was going to wear a Hawaiian shirt and shorts and <laughs> I actually had pants on but I took the pants off when I went up on stage just to add some kind of shock value to it <laughs> and I had on I had borrowed some uh, puka shells kind of a puka shell necklace and Al was wearing his usual stuff, you know, his striped shirt and all that. But just the combination of accordion and bongos, it just seems so, uh, so bizarre. And um, I guess it's kind of like Vegemite, but it just seems so bizarre. And I remember that I needed a chair. There was no chair. There was just stools that were up on the stage and Al sat down and he started playing uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. And what we decided that we would do is we would each kind of showcase the fact that we could play our instruments. And then we were just just going to have fun. So you establish, okay, these guys can actually play. And now we can screw around. So he did 2001 Space Odyssey. But all during this time, I, I'm looking for someplace to sit down so i ran up to this i'm running all through the audience and everybody thinks it's part of the act and i'm going to this I said, can i please can i please have your your seat i, I swear to god I'll, I'll i'll give you like five bucks or something and she says okay go ahead take it so i go up there and i get up on stage take my pants off and uh people are going like what the hell is going on this guy's playing 2001 space Odyssey. this guy's taking off his pants <laughs> And then I, I, you know, got my bongos and we launched into Wipeout right after the 2001 Space <laughs> nice. Odyssey. And then, then people are going like, what in the hell is, I would have loved to have been in the audience. Like, what in the hell is going on? And so we finished that and then I run out of the audience and I sit down and he says, any uh, requests? And I go, yeah, Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung. And he goes, okay. And then I go back up, and then uh, he plays he, he plays Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung. It's like, uh, it's a little song that I wrote. It uh, Whenever somebody hears it, it makes them want to kill themselves, so I hope you all enjoy it. And then, so, and then, so the very first time that the bellows go off, which simulates the guy in the Iron Lung, um, you hear like, stifle laughter and groans it's just like what in the hell just happened and then they really they kind of got into it and by the end they were just like this is this is really disgusting but i like it and um i guess it's like a lot of things huh this right. is really disgusting but right. i like it um 
and then he said, uh, we just got, and then somebody said, no more, no more, <laughs> after that was over. <laughs> and he said, we're just going to do one more song, and it's a history, uh, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's just, he said something like, it's the history of every song ever in, in the history of the world, or something like that. And so then he launched into his uh, medley, which was brilliant. And what was neat about it was that you could see, start seeing the twinkle in people's eyes as they would try to recognize it was like name that song almost it was like they would listen to a couple of notes and they would go i know what song he's doing <laughs> but it was so masterfully interwoven the the segues from song to song were, were done so well and that's where you could really tell, you know, the brilliance. Not only could he do all of the songs, but to weave them in such a manner that they were almost seamless was really quite amazing. And then they really got interactive. I mean, they started, we'd do the Mexican hat dance, and they start clapping along to that. <laughs> and we'd do the, the, go into the Godfather or God Bless America. And uh, by the time the whole thing, uh, it lasted about 10 or 11 minutes. It was quite long. And um, that's when the place kind of went nuts. And um, I remember, like I said, looking over at him and he he was finally had this kind of validation that he had never received before and that people really enjoyed what he had done. And it, it made an emotional impact on them. And they were feeling like he he was able to deliver this joy to people. And that's really what he's all about. He's all about just sharing himself and and sharing. Uh, he's, he's really taking us out of, you know, time and space and taking you out of your own mind. And that's what entertainment's all about. Entertainment's yeah. all about not yeah. thinking about anything else, but just when do we get to be in the moment? Not very often. And um, when you're in the moment, there is no time or space. It's just, it's, it's now and it's so cool and it's happening and you're releasing endorphins and you're just having the best time. And so for him to be able to do that for other people and then to acknowledge that he really was making them feel better was, um, you know, like I said, his, his validation and I could tell that that's something that he really wanted to, to keep doing. And it really hit a chord with him and set him on a path that he's that he's on now. Yeah, that's very well put. Very profound. How many times did you guys, the Valencia All-Stars, play the coffee house together? I think once we would play once a quarter. And then also what started to happen was, and then the second time we played, I decided that I was going to wear a all right, we need to stop the interview right there, but we'll be back next week with part two of our exciting, amazing, incredible interview with Joel Miller. We want to personally thank each and every one of our listeners for sticking with us through 100 episodes. Whether you've listened to one episode or all 100, a heartfelt thank you from all of us here at David Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. We are both so touched by the overwhelming positive response our little old podcast has gotten from day one and continues to get to this day. We're looking forward to what the next 1,900 weeks will bring. 
Now, Frank tells us we have a few congratulatory 100-inch voicemails already on the 347 spatula hotline, and a few people waiting on hold to wish us a happy 100-inch as well. But in the interest of time, we'll get to all those next week. So if you have any thoughts on this episode or any of the previous 99 episodes, please let us know by calling the 347 Spatula Hotline, and maybe we'll play your message on next week's episode along with all the others. Ethan, I feel like we should take at least one of the calls on hold, though. I mean, it is a special episode. I think we can make time for one, right? Yeah, I think we have time for at least one. All right, Frank, patch it through. That sound means we have a caller on the 347 Spatula Hotline. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave Nathan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and podcast supporters. Hello, caller. Welcome to episode 100 Inch. Hello? (laughs) What? No, no, I'm not saying hello to you. Well, who are you saying hello to, David? We we call someone on this thingamablob. I believe that's called thingamaboob, you old fart. I sure wish I, I remembered how to use this thing. We should really look into getting one of those millennials or whatever you call them. Uh, David? Henry, can you hear me? I I can hear you. There you go, talking to yourself again. Hey, we're not talking to ourselves. I'm I'm talking talking to him. Me. Oh, I guess you're you're right. right. Well, I am here too. Uh, Hi, David and Henry. Can can you two kiddos help us with this thingamaboob? (laughs) I mean, at the very least, I would assume you two would have read Frank's 2700-page manual by now, right? What is this, David and Henry's 2,000-inch book club? <laughs> that never gets old. But you sure will, Sonny. <laughs> so, so anyway, what can we do for you two k- kiddos? Nothing. We figured it out. We're all good now. Oh, no, wait. Let me guess. Now Lieutenant Dan is on to you again, ain't he, Ethan? Wait. What? Uh, Oh, from when I accidentally committed breaking and entering? Sounds like you two know why Henry had to change his name to Henry. That Lieutenant Dan, he just does not stop. I had to enter the Witness Protection Agency. Wait, Witness? Witness Protection Agency? What were you a witness to? You'll find out, Dave. Hey, have you ever wondered why you had to change your name to David? No. Not really. It's my given name. This is all very interesting, uh, Dave and I in the future. But unless you can be helpful, we're going to have to get going. We can be be helpful. Yeah, what's left to do this episode? Well, I guess you could do this week's Discover Darwin ad for us. Alrighty. (laughs) This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota, uh, uh, beautiful, it's also a big crater in the ground. That's right. Not long after the sulfur ages, we went to war in space. 
Rations! Much like the rations America's faced during World War II were reinstated, including a controversial ration on twine. The U.S. government came in and claimed the twine ball with eminent domain. What, what, what nobody realized was that the twine ball was like an iceberg. You could only see the very top of it. When President Leroy Finkelstein started tugging on the twine, the whole thing came out and the whole town above it collapsed. It was a sad day and many lives were lost well before their twine. <laughs> before their twine. So visit Darwin, Minnesota. On your next expedition, discover Darwin uh, more than just a twine ball, as far as we can tell at this time. And after you visit the... I need my medicine. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz on one of your conflabbered new-frangled laptop iPhone droid computers. Wow, I'm glad to be done with that. Those guys are nuts. I hope we never turn out like that. Not, Not again. again. All right, put them through, Frank. Hello, David Ethan. This is Gil and Chill in the Mornings on Channel 27.27 FM WERD. We're calling you because you were our first callers in about 14 weeks, which means you've won. We won? That's right, Dave and or Ethan. You've won Gleekwarp's new album on Atari 2700 cartridge. But that's not all. You also get a case of Turtle Axe and a year's supply of Rizeroni, the San Francisco tree. But did we win a lousy copy of the home game? Or at least a Gil and Chillo? Sorry, guys. Gil and Chillos are only available at shop.2000inch.com. It's a great way to support your favorite Weird Al podcast, and it's not just Gil and Chillos. There are also t-shirts, tote bags, coffee mugs, face coverings, and so much more. But our absolute favorite is the Gil and Chillos. Wait, is this a real radio show or just a gimmick Dave and I created to slip in some product placement? Well, of course it is. Since you're our big winners, want to give us a request? Um, I don't know what's going on, but sure, how about TNA by MC Chalkskin? What a great choice! We love MC Chalkskin, a.k.a. David Grant, a.k.a. Sebastian Shepard, author of The Ruins of Our Past. Oh, us too! Did you know that tomorrow is the 10-year anniversary of his first album, Fresh Donuts? Wow, how time flies! Ah, it looks like our CD player isn't working. Can you two dudes recommend any good places to find information regarding MC Chalkskin? Well, our favorite place for information is wolfinwool.com. You can learn all about MC Chalkskin, his albums, and where to get them. Thanks, guys. We do not have internet here, if you can believe that. But we really need to get this darn song played. Let me guess. You've got an intern shortage. Yes, and you know what else you've won? The opportunity to join Gil and Chill in the morning's family as our personal interns. Yeah, sorry, but we've got to record our own podcast right now. Gotta pass. 
Okay, baby, next time, dudes, don't forget to catch Gil and Chill in the mornings on channel 27.27 FM WERD. And don't forget to tell your friends, too. Gil and Chill. Each week for the past 100 weeks, we've been able to bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to all of our amazing sponsors like Burrito Burrito, Angel Valenzuela, and his son, David Cash, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, and David Grant. We also wouldn't be here without our amazing close personal friend Patreon supporters, Jeff, Javier, Kenneth, Jared, Zeb, Mark, Blair, and Allison, as well as the rest of our incredible Patreon family, Spunky, Mike, Chad, William, Vicky, Spencer, Trevor, Scott, Cat, Richard, Joe, J.M., Mason, Vincent, Aaron, Richard, Jake, Summer, Stan, Dave, and our newest Patreon family member, Jason. To all of you, thank you for your continued above and beyond support. Revenue from our incredible supporters on Patreon.com slash 2000inch allows us to continue doing what we love, which is what we've been doing for the past 100 weeks. That is making fantastically fun, funny, and family-friendly Weird Al podcasts for you. We'd absolutely appreciate your consideration in joining our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. And remember, all of our Patreon supporters at the $5 and above tier get to join us at our two-year anniversary concert starring Trevor Strong of the Arrogant Worms on Saturday, May 8th. If you're not a Patreon supporter yet and you want to attend, be sure to sign up now and reserve your spot. There is some exciting news on the Patreon front. Earlier this month, we reached one of our stretch goals. So starting now, and for each month we remain at this level, we will run an exclusive raffle for our Patreon supporters. This month, we decided to pull two extra names to celebrate our 100 episodes. Our winners get their choice of official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast t-shirts. Congrats to this month's winners, Angel, Jason, and David. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, congratulations and thank you for your support. We are oh so very close to reaching our second stretch goal, which is two raffles each month. So if you sign up now, you could be the one to put us over. If you want to get in on future raffles, as well as get the invite to our anniversary concert and all the other perks that come with being a Patreon supporter, sign up over at patreon.com slash 2000 inch find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000 inch.com where you can find information about our guests and listen to past episodes like episodes one inch through 99 inch which will get you caught up in case you were thoroughly lost this week please join our facebook group by heading to group.2000inch.com for episode discussions and other exclusive content follow us on facebook twitter and instagram via at 2000 inch and at youtube.2000inch.com be sure to share our posts and Tell your friends to gill and chill. And we love it when you leave us voicemail on our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. You might even hear your message on the air. You can catch our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Whichever way you choose to listen, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you do not miss any episodes. Brand new episodes drop every Wednesday. This year, we'll begin airing our series of bonus episodes where we sit down with John Bermuda Schwartz and go page by page, picture by picture, inch by inch, MC by MC through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over. Time is running out for you to grab the book if you want to be able to follow along with those episodes. Plus, it's a great gift to give someone to celebrate 100 episodes of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. And to celebrate... 
Dr. Demento's birthday! From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, we want to wish the incredible Dr. Demento a happy 80th birthday this coming Friday. Happy birthday, Doc, and stay demented! Thank you once again to our guests, Joe Miller, as well as Adrian Vasquez, Jackson Scoggins, Vicky DeVries, Rhymes with Cheese, UH Jeff Nucera, Kenneth Gwinnup, Kelly Phillips, Jackie Rossi, Craig Bill Meyer, Susan McNabb, Mike Furman, Beefalo Bill Burke, Thomas Attila Lewis, Daniel Kalka, David Spencer, Alexa the Tesser Elk, and Michael Hunter from the Weird Alphabet Podcast, Dave Canyon, Alex from Burrito Burrito, J.W. Halford, Lisa Popeil, John Bermuda Schwartz, Steve J, Pat Regan, Frank from the Bank Sanchez, Christian Portwine, Zeb Lemke, Allison Parsons, Gil and Chill in the Mornings, David and Henry, Lieutenant Dan, Dave and Ethan, all of our resident podcast historians, the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible theme song that helped define his career, and Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who made this episode and podcast possible. And we would be remiss to not thank one particular person. Not just for all he did this week, but for everything he's done for us for the past two years. He's the glue that holds this podcast together and keeps everything running smoothly. Though we treat him like dirt, we hope this little gesture will show him the true appreciation we have for everything he does. So a big thank you to... Ah, he knows who he is. Next week, Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast will return with part two of our groundbreaking interview with Joe Miller. You cannot miss it. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, episode 100 Inch. This podcast is pretty stinking majestic. I need to find a new agent.